The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Our podcast is brought to you by ComBank, committed to being a better bank. Find out more at combank.com.au forward slash better. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Wednesday the 17th of April. In your squeeze today, rebuilding Notre Dame, Indonesia votes, working nine to nine, and this week's three-minute squeeze goes rural. This is your squeeze today. Yesterday we woke to scenes of the iconic Notre Dame burning. The spire fell and two-thirds of the roof was lost. 24 hours later, Claire, whilst the, the damage is obviously devastating, it looks like some of the historical cathedral might have been saved. Yeah, and some of the very precious artefacts and artworks inside saved as well. But, yeah, significant damage there. As one of Paris's most treasured landmarks, it's pretty incredible the sort of uh, emotion that has really come forward led by President Emmanuel Macron and plenty of people have put their hand up already to make significant donations towards its restoration. Just quickly, what's the the significance of Notre Dame for those who may not have been there or may not know? Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it, that if you've been to Paris, chances are you've been uh, past it or had it on your itinerary to go in. It's the place where Napoleon crowned himself emperor, Uh, Back in the 1800s, it's where Charles de Gaulle attended mass uh, just at the liberation of Paris from the Nazis in 1944. It's, of course, subject to Victor Hugo's famous book, but it's really more than that as well. It's the centre of their science and art world. It was the house of where so many precious artefacts about France and its culture and history uh, remained and the devastation of losing some of those things is really palpable. Any word on the cause of the fire? They seem to still be focused on this restoration work and the scaffolding that was around the spire and there's all sorts of very technical explanations about what might have happened from the work that they were doing there, but it seems that's where they're focusing the investigation. To Indonesia now and 192 million citizens are eligible to cast their votes today. Just to have a quick glance at the scale of this election, there's said to be 245,000 candidates running for more than 20,000 national and local seats. Who are they Who are they voting for? What's the choice? What they're voting for is from the president, um, which the incumbent at the moment is uh, Joko Widodo. He's up against um, Prabhu Subianto and it's a rerun of the 2014 poll, but voters are also voting right down the line through to their local sort of council representatives. So that's why there's so many um, uh, seats up for grabs today. And the Lowy Institute has called it one of the most complicated single day elections in global history. And when do we expect a result on that? Indication should be through today, uh, but it's expected to be a close one. So they'll probably be counting in the coming days and weeks. Jack Ma, China's richest man and the founder of Alibaba, which is sort of like the eBay of China, has recommended that workers should do a a 9am to 9pm working day. Is he for real? (laughs) He is. He is for real, Um, as are others in that um, e-commerce space. Uh, They say it's the kind of hours that Chinese workers will need to do to really get China's economy powering again. It's currently racking in about 6% annual 
economic growth, but they're really targeting to get it back to that sort of 10% level, which is what it had sustained over quite a long period of time. So the 996 system, as it's called, because you're not just working nine to nine, you're doing it for six days of the week and only getting a one-day weekend is being um, hotly debated over there, as you could imagine. Note to self, don't move to China. (laughs) Don't don't get a job in China. (laughs) In case you were thinking of it, Kate, yeah. Yeah, I was kind of weighing that up. So, Um, The Melbourne International Comedy Festival has removed Barry Humphrey's name from the festival's biggest award. It has. It says that two-thirds of the winners of that award have been female and it's inappropriate to call it the Barry. So it's made that decision to be more gender neutral about that award. Um, Others say it's because... um, Barry Humphreys last year called being transgender a fashion uh, and given his most famous onstage alter ego is a woman, um, that irony has certainly been noted. But yeah. it's interesting. Was that part of a, a comedy routine when he said that or was that just a comment that he made? No, it was a written comment. He wrote it in an article, I think, for The Spectator in the in the UK last year. So it was... Um, It was his considered thoughts or a throwaway line or whatever. But, um, yeah, certainly the decision has divided the comedy world, it seems, reading the comments this morning. The final tally from the floods that devastated northwest Queensland has been taken. According to farm lobby group AgForce, the total cost is more than $2 billion. We were expecting a tally of cattle to have died in those floods to be around the half a million mark, but it seems that it's significantly higher than that at about 660,000 head of cattle. They, of course, had been through um, quite significant drought there and when the flood came through, they either drowned or died of exposure after the waters came through and we're also talking about 48,000 sheep and then uh, about 10,000 kilometres of fencing and then all the kilometres of private roads. So it's a lot of infrastructure that needs to be rebuilt and, of course, an emotional toll of farmers losing their animals. Yeah, it sort of happens and then if you're not directly involved, you hear about it in the news and then it goes away, but there's all the ramifications. And this kind of brings us conveniently to our three-minute squeeze this week with Pamela Lawson, a a farmer from near Wagga in New South Wales. That's right. I've known Bundy, uh, as she's known. Bundle is her nickname. I've known Bundy for, for many years and when I caught up with her, um, about a month ago or so and just sort of casually asked her about the drought. Um, it seems silly, but of course, um, I was quite taken aback, of course, about the toll that it takes. And when you're living in the city, even though we're country girls, it's and not living it day to day. Um, I really wanted to bring what she's experiencing to squizzes and um, she's very graciously done a three-minute squiz this morning that's really good reading. Well, since our three-minute squiz with Jane Allen a few weeks back, uh, who was a script writer on McLeod's Daughters, I've gone back and watched it from the start. And um, the reason I'm sharing this is because reading the three-minute squiz with Bundle feels like a a real-life version of McLeod's Daughters, I reckon. Yeah, well, she's got a, a good couple of daughters and a son, so they're living that dream. She says she checks the, the the animals in the morning and then sits down with a cup of coffee to read the squiz. Yep. And as we head towards Easter this week, in the Squiz Today email is a link to where you can find the best hot cross buns. Claire, an important read? Very important read if you're looking to stock up (laughs) for the traditional hot cross bun day, which is Sunday. Um, And that's the lyric for uh, the email today, one a penny to a penny, the old um, nursery rhyme, I guess, about hot cross buns. Um, I'm not really much of a 
pre-Easter hot cross bun eater, but I know plenty of people who are. So that link in the email today will be quite helpful. Yes, of course. Final thing from us is that we'll be releasing our first Squeeze the Election podcast tomorrow. It'll give you the, the highlights, the major policy announcements, the politics and some of the lighter stuff from the campaign trail. I think that's about all from us today. Enjoy your Wednesday and we'll chat to you tomorrow. The Squeeze is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesqueeze.com.au. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.